James. Raf. X. Gonna give it to you. We thought that we were gonna do the X episode last week because we were recording the day they announced that Elon Musk announced he was gonna change Twitter over yeah. to being called X. And it turned out that he did the very next day after we started to record. And I know some of you sent us messages on various channels saying, boys, when's the emergency pod? Yeah. And let me just tell you, we have lives. We have lives. We have jobs. We've got to be a pretty big emergency. We've got, fa- we like got family. Exactly. To run to the, to the booth. For us to, to run to the booth, which might I add, our current recording studio is with train travel like half an hour away from my house. Yeah. It's in Woolloomooloo. There's also no parking. There's no parking. So it would have to be like... We uh, could do like a dog shit kind of phone record. For us to do that, though, again, what would have to happen? Mark Zuckerberg shot Tim Cook. <laughs> exactly. Tim Cook shot dead. <laughs> Microsoft headquarters, blown up. Yeah. Or... But we're not like... Apple, listen. Apple launches the iPhone 15. <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of disaster. <laughs> yeah. We're, iPhone 15 leak rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If a super intelligence... Emerge from ChatGPT. Yeah, yep, yep. We might do an emergency podcast. Yeah, the singularity. The, sing- the singularity emerges, maybe. You come to us for cool-headed analysis, right? That's yeah. not a breaking news kind of thing. If we're coming in hot, shooting from the hip, that's not really what Down Round's about. We're all about clear-headed analysis. Actually, you know what? Now that you say Tim Cook shot dead, the episode will be a week later. <laughs> and we will have thought all the different angles about what that might imply and yeah. suggest and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, was the bullet made out of ice, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Point being, pipe down in the peanut section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim Cook shot dead. You're going to get an episode about SMS marketing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it's going to enrich your life more than you can imagine. But uh, now now we're a week later. Maybe it is good that we waited because it actually proved that he was actually serious about it and mm. this stuff is going through. But Elon Musk has renamed Twitter X. I mm. look at my phone right now, and my phone's resisting. Well, you, well, you crazily. I, this is crazy to me. You have Twitter in your like hot bar down the bottom. Yeah, I do. It's kind of kind of depressing. Like one of the four, always on. Apps. Well, I, I open it more than I open my phone, like the phone app. Yeah, no, okay. no, fair enough. I mean, the phone app. How often does one open? I, honestly, it? it probably shouldn't live there anymore because I don't open Twitter that much anymore. But it's just it, it's been it was there for a while. Mm. When I open it. It turns into an X, and when I close it, it stays as an X for a couple of seconds, or like half a second, and it turns back to Twitter. So my phone is resisting this rebrand. So a little bit of context for those who haven't been playing along. Obviously, you know that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Twitter. We don't need to go through that again. We've done a couple of episodes. There's there's a long saga there that... Doesn't need to be relitigated. Does not need to be relitigated. And he's made various changes, implemented some layoffs and restructured the business in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But he renamed the company um, or created a holding company called X Corp, or maybe the company already existed. I don't want to get into the legalistic side of it. But then basically switched the ownership of Twitter over to X Corp. Mm. Um, and there's a bit more of it. There's a longer history there. In the- I think it's, we mentioned on our Elon episode yonks ago. It was probably one within our first 20 episodes, we did a whole episode on Elon and we talked about X and his history with PayPal and PayPal X and how he's obsessed with this yeah. X brand. He's, he's been obsessed with the brand X for a long time. He made a company called X that was acquired by PayPal. And there's been stuff coming out recently in the news that he was so obsessed with that brand 
that basically it started to like piss Peter Thiel off. Mm-hmm. Peter Thiel was like, no, like after the merger, PayPal was called X PayPal for like a very brief period. Yeah, and then it just became PayPal again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter Thiel has this whole thing where he's like, a brand needs to. There are certain brand names that work, and there are certain brand names that don't. I to, he, he had like this clip where he was talking about that, and he said one of the brands that doesn't work is Uber because it sounds like something from like 1930s Germany. And X is kind of like in that sort of realm. He's like, uh, see, I disagree with him on Uber because the other branding thing is like you need a four-letter word. Two of the letters have to be vowels that aren't touching. Mm. Is like a thing. I'm not saying that I, I necessarily agree with him or don't agree with him. Mm. I'm just saying that's one of the reasons why I think Peter Thiel would have looked at X mm. and gone, "Please be quiet, Elon. I don't need to hear any more about this." But anyway, Elon's been obsessed with like the letter X forever. He named his son a string of random characters that started with X. Mm. SpaceX. Like, and it's like, it's like pronounced Alfred or something, you know. Yeah. He's a clownish figure. He's a clownish <laughs> character. SpaceX, you know, there's the Tesla Model X. Mm. He's obsessed with this stuff. But one of the reasons for the rebrand, apart from the fact that I assume he thinks Twitter is liberal bullshit or something, mm. is that he wants X to become the everything app. Mm. That's his big dream. Yeah. Um, he wants you to do everything within the X app. Yes, you can post, not tweet, post, but he also wants you to do banking and payments on there. Mm. He wants it to be like a... Insurance. Every, insurance. Everything that you Health. Could, yeah. Ex- a whole... Anything that you want to do on your phone that connects you with other people or businesses, he wants you to do it in X. Mm. And he thought that the Twitter brand was sort of dead weight mm. in making that happen. You wouldn't trust Twitter with banking. No. You might trust X with banking. X.com. Yeah, one of the whole things apparently when like they did it back in the day with X and him being like, no, no, we should rename PayPal X.com. It's super cool. Is that they did a bunch of like user testing and it all came back. It's like everyone thinks this is a porn site. Like this is not going to work. And like what do you think the advertising looks like? And apparently it was like, well, you know how like normally in ads you have the product versus X and the product always wins? In this case, X would win. Mm. That's how it sounds like bullshit to me. Um, that's kind of the thinking here. Yeah, but yes, the everything. We've, t- we've talked about this before about how I think you specifically said it. It's like if you're like a founder or a VC or whatever, they go over to China yep. and they go, holy crap, we, <laughs> WeChat. Like we need to do that back home. We need to be doing WeChat. Exactly. And it was kind of like it's been a craze for a little while. That's like early 2010 stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that was the time when founders were getting over to China and being like, Oh my God! They do everything in WeChat. Mm. You know, they engage with businesses. They do. They buy cars. They do their insurance. Everything they order Ubers. They, they order Didi and stuff. Exactly. They order. They order their and food. Um, their ride sharing. Exactly. Food delivery. Everything happens in the one app. And they were like, "What if we could do that?" And you know, a lot of brands have kind of had a crack at it. Mm. This is one of the driving things that suddenly made Facebook look like a NASA control center, mm. where like. There's a million buttons and 100,000 services that you've never heard of. You're like, oh, this is Facebook. Fuck, I don't know. Date? We're talking about doing dating. Yeah, like Facebook dating. And then the well, Facebook- that was the thing. Yeah. I mean, like, that's still even slightly social adjacent. But, you know, they had all sorts of weird business stuff. Mm. Funnily enough, Facebook kind of already has an everything app or Meta does. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. But, but the it- interesting thing is they just haven't actually introduced any real merchant features. Because, like, WhatsApp, yeah, is used to do business in a lot of countries around the world like it is the platform where you hire a limo in italy even in rome and like they'll talk to you via whatsapp and send you a quote via whatsapp and blah 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 yeah yeah. but it's all but it's all completely ad hoc right like you're just figuring it out through messages but 
people do use it. A lot of developing WhatsApp's huge in India, South America, you know, developing nations essentially. And that's what you'll often find with this everything app ethos is that it's in a lot of like developing nations with like relatively recent middle classes, people that have only gotten online in the past well, yeah, 10 to 15 years. This is the key thing, right? So oh, how does payments work in WeChat? You go up to a shop, you open WeChat, you scan a QR code, and then you're able to transfer money from your WePay account into the business owner's WePay account. And by the way, you have to enter actually the amount that's like drummed up on the till. The precondition here is that in countries like America, Australia, for example, we had credit cards. America, like in particular, had credit cards a long, long time ago. And people kind of credit this to the, you know, they had the, and we had them here, the physical machine where you you swipe across it and it kind of imprints the like imprint of the credit card onto like a blueprint form yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm you not go, describing you, you, it very well. It's got a name. That yeah, thing. you go into Grace Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And it like imprints your credit card, and then you're like later charged and blah 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 blah. America had that. Europe was a little bit later onto the credit card game where they went straight to magnetic strips, which is why America is actually a little bit behind a lot of the world, like with tap to pay yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. And Australia's always been a long, quite advanced with all of that stuff. We've had kind of yeah, yeah. Australia, pay pass and all yeah, I guess that. Australia like was for a long time number three in terms of like tap to pay adoption behind like Japan and Korea. Mm. Like we were really ahead of the game. So Australia, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And even America, even though they are behind, they still now have Apple Pay, blah, blah, blah. But you have to remember that in a world, like in China, for example, people didn't have computers and they didn't have bank accounts. And like even identity and identification documents were a long way behind, I guess, Western countries and whatnot. So they didn't have a way to digitally pay someone. Yeah, you should specify that like people did have bank accounts in China. It was was different. Yeah. a A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. I guess there's a large portion of the population who didn't. Obviously not yeah. all of China, like yeah, yeah. you know, but a cultural revolution had some good ideas. Anyway, um <laughs> so you have a basically a context where the phone is the first things that anyone gets. People might get a phone before they have a bank account, especially yep. not a digital bank account. And so it makes sense that in China you then all of a sudden have this place to kind of keep digital money and tran- and more importantly, transfer digital money without having to go into a branch and transfer, blah, 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 blah. You don't have credit cards is the key point here, though. You have no other way to digitally transfer money to a merchant. So what evolves is we pay where, yeah, you go to a merchant, scan the QR code and transfer from your WePay account to their WePay account, to their WeChat account. So it makes perfect sense for like payments to kind of be adopted, or an everything app, I suppose. It started off as a chat messaging app. Uh, suddenly, it actually enables a service. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this is a service that previously didn't exist. Yeah, and it, beca- it makes 100% sense in that circumstance. And there's a bunch of, like, WeChat is the Chinese example, but there's also everything apps in, like, Southeast Asia and in India that have popped up. And they generally start as either a chat app or, like, a ride-sharing app or like a delivery app. Those are like the ways they usually start. And then from there, once people start using them for what is could very well be the first time they've ever transferred money digitally, yeah. it then becomes a platform to build a million other things on top of it. Yeah, and I should also say like email is also a key part of this in that a lot of people may not have had an email before they had a phone with WeChat on it. So your way of interacting isn't kind of tied down to SMPT servers and kind of sending this email back and forth, like interacting with people digitally via chat 
is is, uh, is is much more natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the other side of it that I think is underrated on the Western side as to why we never did all this is there's kind of like an original sin there, which comes up quite a lot, which is that when the internet standards were being hashed together, first by like, you know, the internet consortiums and Tim Berners-Lee building the World Wide Web, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But also calling back to our episode the other week with browsers uh, when they were building Netscape Navigator and creating browsers and all the standards that would support those browsers. They didn't build like a payments layer into yeah. it. They, they didn't build an identity layer into it. There was a lot of stuff that they didn't get built into it. And it wasn't because they didn't think about it. Payment stuff came up a lot back then. You know, even very, very early, it was known like, we're going to use the internet as like a payments system of some yeah. kind. Like people are going to buy stuff on the online. Yeah. It was just known. And it was also known that people are going to want to consume content that they need to pay for. There was this whole alternate history where they, where micropayments were built into exactly. kind of browsers where you kind of had an identity and a wallet that people kind of pine for where if you visit a New York Times article or whatever, just out of your wallet, 10 cents is just taken. Yeah, totally. Just confirm 10 cents, confirm 10 cents, whatever. And you're just doing these little microtransactions yeah. all the time. And that, that was basically one of the most consequential decisions slash non-decisions of like the internet is mm. that Netscape, like Mark Anderson sitting in front of his computer making Netscape, didn't go over the line and include some sort of wallet or payment into the browser or to like into the standards of it. So as a result, companies had to build that. So there's two factors on the Western side. One, the early internet, didn't build those standards into it. And B, obviously, personal computing adoption was very, very, it was quite high. Like by the 90s, a lot of people in like the United States, Australia, the UK, parts of Europe had personal computers mm. and were like pretty literate with using them. And like the idea that you would have various bits of software that all did sort of like discrete things was pretty ingrained. Oh, I've got Microsoft Word. And that's, I just use that for Microsoft. I just use that to make my my documents. Then I go to like a completely different bit of software to do this. And then when the internet launched, oh, I go to, I go to eBay to buy stuff. And then mm. I go to another website to do my internet banking. That kind of like division in a lot of developing nations, which came online later, was just not there. Because like you had a whole bunch of the population that suddenly got onto having a smartphone and being connected online. And then you had platforms like WeChat pop up or Alipay, other ones like that, where mm. it was like, we can just provide you everything. You yeah. don't need to worry about figuring out what website you go to to do X. Yeah, just do we, it in the app. Just Is do that, it all You've here. already we, got it on we, your phone. We can keep building. We've, we have like prime position on your phone. Why not just use us for everything? And we're going to help you make that happen. And you're already in there chatting, getting your entertainment, blah, 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 yeah, exactly. blah, 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 social. And like, f- feel about how like insanely divided. We have like nine different social media apps that you can use. Yeah. I mean, we have freaking four different text apps. Exactly. It's like, you know, I communicate with people on, uh, a few people on WhatsApp. Well, yeah, I say text. I mean, like, and that's not including, like, text social media. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're all arguing about whether we're going to use Twitter or Blue Sky or whatever. So compare that to, like, some guy who lives in Southeast Asia, and he has um, Grab, which started as like an Uber-type competitor. Mm. But now you can buy like – you can do financial services and loans through it and like delivery and all sorts of different stuff. Whereas like, you know, we have like this smorgasbord of different things we can pick. Like, oh, I don't quite like Blue Sky. I'm kind of more of a Threads guy. The yeah. vibe is a little bit different. Yeah. Like, you know. I'm a Mastodon guy. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's – um, 
what Elon Musk is saying is that he's going to be the guy to fix this problem. Yeah, he's going to introduce the everything the up. The everything up. But, yeah. And the key part of this, yeah, is payments, right? Like that's basically – payments is a prerequisite for almost everything else. Yeah. Like you need to – in order to conduct business, you need to be able to pay businesses. Like there's no point in going on Twitter and DMing a business if you then have to pay via Square or some other kind of third party or what have you. Now, the issue with that is, as I said, it's worse – from what we actually have. Right now, using Apple Pay, Google Pay, even you know, Pay and Go with an actual card. I haven't actually used a card in ages. Using the QR code method, like the WeChat and WePay method, as I said, it's actually kind of annoying now. It was very innovative at the time, especially if you were American and you couldn't seemingly, like you still had to friggin' do a signature and pin codes and all kinds of weirdness, and you couldn't transfer to your mate. Like that's why Venmo kind yep. of popped up. You couldn't transfer person to person, but they have a weird banking system. And yep. Americans, they're weird people. They're, they're, they're people. strange. Yeah, yeah. Shout-outs to the 15% of you or whatever. Yeah, you scan a QR code and then have to enter the number for how much you're supposed to pay the clerk and then, like, hit transfer. And, sure, it's, like, pretty quick and instantaneous, but that's more annoying already than just, like, scan face, tap. Scan face, tap. Yep. So, like, what is the purpose of yeah, moving well, my payments to X... Before we get into the fact that you have a maniac running it who will, <laughs> who's just fired all of their like information security people and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. Before we even get into that, like, why would I choose? Yeah, like, that? What, what problem is being solved? Yeah. and that's the that's the thing that I think is the biggest barrier. Because in all these cases in other countries, you know, India, China, and like countries in Southeast Asia, and obviously Africa is really strongly emerging now, and they have all these different sort of payments platforms that are vying to become sort of like the everything app of sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. Those are solving very obvious problems, which is that there are hundreds of millions and maybe billions of people that have not been very well connected online before. And this is a big, like, eye-popping moment for VCs and, and founders or whatever, like the unbanked. Oh, yeah, totally. Banking the unbanked. Yeah, mate, look at all these people that have slipped through the cracks of society and, and aren't banked mm. and are left behind by the system. When you're talking about India, that's like a lot of people. Mm. That's like half a billion people mm. that fit into that, that moniker. Uh, in the West, those people definitely exist. Like, there are people that are not properly served by the system. Totally. Who aren't able to, like, build online businesses or, you know, access banking services to the same level as well. These people obviously exist, but they're not, like, the majority of the population. Most people in Australia, for example, and Australia is probably an extreme example because we're a very wealthy country that's, like, bizarrely connected yeah, online yeah. compared to even Big other... technological adoption. Even, even compared to some other wealthy countries. But, like, what problem are you solving for an Australian or even the median American mm. um, by giving them an everything app? Like, yeah. what, are they, what are they gain versus their admittedly confusing system we have now where everything is – there's, like, a million different apps that all do the same thing and they're all vying through some competition structure to see who can do it best. Not to say that's the best way to run things. <laughs> Efficient markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it's functional. Yeah. People can make payments. Well, you pretty much trust your bank – yeah. You trust your payment processes. It all happens pretty quickly and seamlessly. Well, this is the beauty of it, right? It's the everything app, but powered by AI, like Wave's yeah, yeah. hands. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So he, he launched, well, again, XAI is his little, I guess, his non-woke open AI thing that he's trying to build. See, this is the other thing as well that I think, <laughs> I think is worth mentioning, is that Ilmas wants to create the everything app. He wants everyone to do everything through X, you know? Mm. And that, you're right. Payments are the unlocker here because his idea is like, you know, you can come in here and, and do free speech. Mm. You can post whatever it is you want to post. You won't get banned. 
big tech's not going to crack down on no. you. And you can launch, you can get paid for your content. And like the pay- share, rev share. Rev share. The payment infrastructure is right there. And then like, you know, you can buy other services, medicine. You can do like medical stuff. You can do whatever. I totally get it. But he has over the last little while sort of positioned himself on one end of the political spectrum. Hmm. One of the reasons he picked up Twitter and talks about it is like conservative voices are being silenced. He didn't say it in that kind of way, yeah, yeah. but you know, people are the uh, truth tellers about COVID or what, you know, whatever his <laughs> yeah. current fixation is. And it's like, I just don't want to hear that shit from my bank. Yeah. I think the vast majority of people, there's a, there's certainly a number of, and this is why I would not write him off entirely in that I think there's a section of the population who are like, yes, I'm not going to get canceled. You know, I can talk about whatever I want. And I can put my money into the same platform on which I can do that. Yeah. I, I'm still, it's, joining the dots here is very hard for me. It is, no, I, I, can't, I agree. Um, but it, it feeds into the thesis that no platform can emerge now that isn't like weirdly politicized right now. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got to be like, it's got to be libs or it's yeah. got to be based. Yeah, exactly. It's the two kinds of platforms you can have. Mm. Again, if the Commonwealth Bank came out and just started like talking about how there are only two genders or whatever, <laughs> I would be like, why are you talking about that? <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I get that like the counterclaim would be like, well, why does do all these big organizations get into like the DEI yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. social justice campaigning, blah, 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 backing the marriage equality debate? Sure, like I'll wear that. Mm. But it is, there's a degree to the way that he does it. That- oh, well, no. I mean, let, if you opened up the Commonwealth Bank app and saw some of the most deranged shit you've ever seen every time, <laughs> yeah, but, like you but, but open bl- it and make the like- bloody interest rates right now. <laughs> Thank God he's gone. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like, imagine if the Commonwealth Bank also had a feed from like guys with like marble statue avatars. Talking, like talking about like white birth rates, <laughs> or just you'd some, be concerned. Yeah, just the algorithm giving you like a quote tweet of someone just talking about how beautiful the white women were at the Taylor Swift concert. It's like just <laughs> the first thing you see when you open up. Like you're, you're trying to like transfer yeah. thirty bucks. Yeah, you to your you're like, oh, okay, okay, well, I'll pay off my credit card now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the difference here is it's going to be powered by it's AI. Powered by AI. And I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really see exactly what the what he's talking about there, creating sort of like a a WeChat for people that are sort of the current target Twitter Blue user base. Like, there's, I guess there's probably like... I mean, that's the question. Is the market... Uh, how many absolutely passionate Elon Musk stands are there? Charitably, you could say... I mean, here's the one thing. Obviously, part of this is that Elon has looked at the financials of Twitter as it kind of stands. And it's not... Obviously, Twitter is... A complicated business in the sense that he paid too much money for it. It was already not looking great, and it's looked even worse since then. Mm. Very clearly, the advertisers are not coming back to the degree that you would need to build like an effective social media platform. Mm. I think say what you will about Elon Musk, I don't think he's a moron. I think he can see that. Um, and even though he's hired like this Linda Yaccarino, who's like the new CEO, who was explicitly put in the job, like please get like General Motors spending on Twitter again. Yeah, yeah. Probably a bad example. I don't think he wants General Motors spending, True, but, but you, know. you know, get get, U- get Unilever yeah, back get on the Unilever platform. Back. You know, I don't think that's playing very well. If anyone's looked at an ad on Twitter recently, it's literally all mobile games with community notes saying this is not what the game is. <laughs> that's that's all I see. literally that's all the ads. Or it's kind of like a f- like a fucked up like um, Alibaba 
plastic piece of shit object for like a really specific purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like this is how you, this is like a little toy that you can use to like a little hook that expands like the little handle in the side of your car. <laughs> And then there's like a community out there as well. It's like uh, these have been proven to explosively decompress um, <laughs> if if a small amount of pressure is applied. To them. Well, like it's just all complete crap. Yeah. And this is coming from the fact that Twitter advertising was always really bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd either be getting ads like mobile ads or like ads for Raytheon. Yeah, well, was... we used to get a lot of NFT ads as well, and they've unfortunately gone. Yeah, they're gone. So I don't think that uh, Elon Musk is deluded about the fact that. He's got to do something. The standard social media advertising business is not going to work for Twitter. Mm. So he's turned to his classic dream. Some people have said, like, this was his plan all along. Yeah, yeah. I think that's bullshit. I think he's just been like, I couldn't make this work. Mm. So he's like, all right, now we're going to become the everything app. We're going to become the platform of the future. It's going to be AI-powered. I'm building something for the next AI-powered generation that doesn't exist right now. Yeah, And, you know, on that basis thinking extremely charitably, it's like, okay, well, I get that. New that paradigm. Make, that makes more sense than pursuing this current paradigm, which is clearly not never going to work. Yeah. So on that level, I could say, okay, great, you, you're shooting for the moon. But as we sort of have spoken about earlier in this episode, it seems like a very hard sell to me. Mm. And uh, the obvious benefits of it for the average person living in like the standard, like, relatively wealthy markets where Twitter has historically done quite well, mm. what do they get out of banking on Twitter? Well, yeah, I mean, on X. <laughs> Sorry, on X. Well, and we do need to make a call on this podcast right now. Like, what are we going to refer to this frigging thing as from now on? Do we have to – are we going to – we're a professional podcast. Do we – X, formerly known as Twitter – yeah, Twitter slash X. It's X. going to be friggin' annoying. Well, it's like Google Alphabet, like Facebook Meta. Like, the thing is, Facebook actually exists still, and Google still exists as like a product of Alphabet. Same is true of Facebook and Meta. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of people have talked about this, but like the destruction of brand value. Yeah. It's yeah. completely insane. It seems, it seems to me, because like, you know, you can say what you will about Twitter, you know, and like I, I think if you spoke to the average person, the word Twitter would have like a negative connotation. Don't get me wrong. Uh, oh, sorry, but let me clarify that. It would either have a completely neutral, yeah, in the sense that people are like I don't post on it, yeah. But for people that have, that think about it, they either think that it's like a weird political swamp, yeah. They think about like the Trump stuff. They think about like it being a place where everyone thinks differently to the average person, yeah. Or like all the place that they got on didn't really understand, made a few posts that no one engaged with, didn't really know how to use it, and never checked it again. No. But on the other side of the coin, everybody knows what tweet means. Yeah. Even if you don't use Twitter. And, like, you know, we could put on our hats as, like, a marketing influencer guy and be like, you know, you can't, you can't buy that kind of equity. My late grandmother, who never knew how to use a computer, let alone a phone, understood what it meant when someone said Donald Trump tweeted. Yeah. But she understood the concept. Yeah. You know? yeah. My, my late grandmother, when she saw a mouse in, like, 2011 and, and like – experienced it like the, the train coming out of the cinema window. Oh, my, I remember I tried to train my grandmother to, to use a laptop and a mouse, and I said, all right, pick up the mouse, and she picked it up in the air. And I was yeah. like, okay, right. we're, we're going we're gonna to really go back to first principles here. We're, yeah, we're working. Yeah, totally. you are, you, imagine yourself as the abstract cursor on the screen. Anyway. Um, <laughs> totally. Uh, People born before World War II can't do that. The other th fundamental thing I think is like, okay, he is 
obviously destroyed a lot of brand trust in Twitter. A lot of the more vigilant, I'd say, um, enterprises, organizations, whatever, who would have like Twitter handles on, the classic one is the news, right? You have a journalist and then below the journalist's name, you have their Twitter at handle. There's so many people who like, for legacy reasons and just like, it's tough to change things or whatever, the incumbency or whatever. We'll just leave that there. Even though there's all this crazy stuff happening with Elon, you just still leave the Twitter at symbol down in people's names. You're still basically promoting people to go to Twitter and follow this person. Twitter is where these people are at. Companies that have the Twitter logo on their website, follow us on Twitter, this, that, and the other. Right now, they have the impetus where they have to change those logos. They have to remove the friggin' bird and replace it with an X. Now that they have to actively do something, it's the perfect opportunity to just remove it altogether. Just yeah, like, why totally. do we still have it there? You know, they're kind of feeling vaguely uncomfortable, but it's not at the top of anyone's to-do list, um, and it's still kind of vaguely fine. What we have to change? Are we changing it? We're getting the graphic? Are we putting this across? We have to get permission now to like put it across everyone's friggin' profiles. Just remove it. Get rid of it. Now's the perfect opportunity to get rid of it. It's going to like reduce the visibility of the brand. Yeah. Significantly, significantly. No, I agree. As well as brand value, no one knows what the fuck X is. No, yeah, no one knows what that is. It's kind of cringe as well, I think is uh, difficult to understand. It's very like in that 90s, 2000s era that Elon is locked in generally. Yeah. Especially like that sort of 2000s. It fits. Well, leather jacket vibe. Yeah, it's like what weird leather jacket, like Gen X kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like not even just Gen X in the sense that it's an X, but just like the sort of stuff that people from that benighted and forgotten generation yeah. are, are, are fixated on. Like you're in the Matrix. Yeah, stuff, exactly. You know. Totally. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a, you know, it's a sad and forgotten generation. It is. That's the thing. Like people thought that the, the spectrum of, is cringe and based and. I was actually thinking the other day, like, what would little, what does little B think? You know, the inventor of the word based, you know, the yep. based God, of course. Yeah. Um, what does he think about where it's, where it's gone? Where it's gone, where Ron DeSantis is talking about, like, voting for the, him, the based candidate. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Where, where it just means, like, right wing now. Yeah. But, like, it turns out you, the based and, and cringe spectrum was, um, well, at least now it's it morphed in context to, to the point where it's no longer relevant. And, in fact, I guess it's horseshoe theory. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, have cringe and bass sort of loop back around at the bottom of the horseshoe. And they just, well, they just, it's like that. Like, yeah, wow. We'll need a new spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah we'll the everything one. spectrum. Every, exactly. Everything's exactly. Everything all in one place. But no, I mean, it is just like an annoying kind of brand, but he's obviously been fixed out in a while. And it's his company. He's entitled to do whatever he wants with it. <laughs> when, <laughs> maybe he wants to destroy the, the Twitter thing. It was so funny because he basically, like, he crowdsourced the logo. The logo, yeah. He just asked. He said, what would be a cool logo? And some of the ones that were there. Oh, I went through as well. Because <laughs> it was all blue checks, obviously, because they get boosted to the top of the replies. Yeah. You a know, lot of mid-journey stuff going on. A lot of mid-journey stuff. A lot of attempts to reconcile the X with the bird, as if like there was a legacy to carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which so it was kind of like an X that had a bird's head coming out of one of the, mm. the spokes of the X. I don't know if that's what you'd even call it. There was a lot of that. And then one of them, he did, he, I think he just pulled one of them out randomly. And then people were kind of like, did this just come from like a a licensed font? Yeah, it was like a Unicode font or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's what people are saying now. It's like, well, you can't really copyright some Unicode symbol. But he has, and he put it on top of the building, and everyone's losing their mind over that. But the, build, the, the X on top of the old Twitter building on Market Street in San Francisco is um, very bright. And this is the thing. Elon is good at the physical. I will give him that. You've got to give him that. No, no, 100%. And this is, this is the other aspect as well, right? Where it's like 
Elon Musk's obviously he made his money from like the PayPal stuff. That's mm. how he made his initial fortune. But his great genius and the thing that made him successful is that he made like a big counter bet during the 2000s and 2010, 2010s when everyone else was maniacally focused on software. Mm. He did the counter bet of like really, really getting obsessed and taking a similar kind of like tech industry approach, but on stuff that was real. Yeah, which is very hard. Like the, name other hardware companies that were invented in the last two decades that are popular and successful. Like they literally, they don't exist. They don't exist. Like SpaceX is obviously a very impressive company. Mm. And yes, you can you can split hairs and get argue about like how much of it is meant to like basically a diversion from like NASA funding and government funding, blah, blah, blah. But it's an impressive company. Yeah, like, they got a shitload of satellites rotating around the earth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they, they're doing satellite in it. Tesla. Say what you will about yeah, Tesla. Yeah, and the funding and the environmental. We did a whole episode like, on it, and, and like, they, and and like the carbon credits and blah 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 blah. And, the car, and like the cars have weird build quality, and like they kind of suck in a lot of ways, and mm. they've become kind of like a weird like douchebag signal when you see them out in the street. But there are tens of millions of Teslas and, on the road being bought every day, and they built a they built a non Ford, non GM, non like European car brand over the past ten years that. Or, like, a bit more than that. but Yeah, that currently has high margins. And, again, he didn't invent the company. He got in early, like, he did the same as SpaceX. Obviously, he can make stuff happening. I think that I think that's kind of, like, undisputed. Yeah. He can make stuff happen. But one of the theories I kind of heard that's kind of going around is, like, the thing with hardware and whatnot is you do butt up against physics, like the laws of physics, whereas the thing with software is there's really no – there's nothing really stopping you. You can implement any idea. You know what I mean? You can rebrand software overnight. You can't rebrand Teslas overnight. Like you can delete a feature or add a new feature overnight, whereas you can't with like rocket ships yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. And like you can scale something and you might have two employees. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can, you can cut employees and nothing will go wrong. Whereas like if you're building cars, if you cut half the employees, then you'll make half the amount of cars. Exactly. There's so, like a very – there's physical limitations that you butt up against with the physical world. And he obviously pushes them to the limit. Like, And that seems to be his kind of genius. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah he can obviously assemble, assemble teams and make them work. And like he has kind of like that – you know, yes, the people that he inspires might be some of the weirdest, most antisocial people in the world, but he can obviously grab people with his weird influence field yeah. and put them towards a task. And, and make, make them work. work 23 hours a day, seven days a week, blah, 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 blah. But when, like, they can't do something because, yeah, if, when he has an idea about, like, God knows what, well, even, like, the Cybertruck. We haven't freaking seen the Cybertruck yet. You know, <laughs> like, that's been announced. When he has, like, wacky ideas, he does butt up against physics, whereas with Software, he doesn't. Like with Twitter and X, he can rebrand it overnight. Like he can delete features, he can add features, he can say you have to be a blue check in order to advertise. It kind of exposes what happens when he doesn't have limits. It does. And it's also kind of like he may have wonderful instincts in terms of what the Tesla Model S should look like and like how it should function and the feature sets it could have and like SpaceX, you know, he's like there's a really specific problem he wants to solve. Yeah, he, wants, yeah. he wants to be able to like – Reuse rockets. Reuse rockets. You know, it's a very difficult problem, but like they're making headway there. The the Starlink stuff, amazing. Whatever. Social media doesn't really have an endpoint. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you're right. no, there is no problem. There's to be no solved. there's no problem you're solving with social media. <laughs> if anything, you're like creating them. But like that's another issue. But what you're doing is like it comes back to like the the problem of like it's ultimately a political thing. Yeah. How do you get a billion people in a room mm. and make it civil? And yeah, like that's a problem. With no bots. That's a problem. 
but it's like it's a different one. It's a political one, and it involves like intuitively understanding the way people think. But well, like, you're right. But like, and what is the end state? What a civil conversation. I mean, I don't even think he wants that. Like, no. He, and and what does it that even mean? You know, like there isn't, there's no goal exactly. And that I think this might even come down to one of the reasons why he's pivoting here, because like payments, you're getting back. It's yes, it's software, but you're getting back into the world of like infrastructure, systems that function and work and whatever. Mm. Whereas before, like what? Yeah, exactly. What was the success metric of Twitter? Well, advertising. He cooked that mm. a subscription product that seems to have failed mm. and then stopping what, the bots that so, didn't work that didn't work and like they're worse than ever so I can, I can get it on that sense he's like all right i'm it turns out i didn't really get social because mm. like you know and zuckerberg is kind of a robot but the other people that are sort of so like yeah adam Masseries or whatever mm. he project like who's the instagram head by the way he sort of projects like this empathetic guy who just wants to understand the way mm. that people interact mm. which you know is to a certain degree, performance. But, but no, it does seem to be whenever you see him talk or like he does understand social to the extent. He, he already knows what all the problems are at yeah. the very least. And then you then you hear like um, on the metaverse side of stuff, whenever they're talking about it, it's all about human interaction and like how can we facilitate more interaction in like virtual space and mm. make it natural. And Apple does the same stuff like with their Vision Pro and whatever. Mm. It's so hard to imagine Elon Musk caring about any of that. Yeah. He doesn't care about, like, creating a space that people want to spend time on. At best, he's just mad about the fact that, you you know, you can't post stats about, like, racial crime rates or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's got these he's, – he, obviously, he's, he's in some of the world's most fucked group chats. Yeah. I would hate to have a window into what's going on in those. Mm. That's his starting point with the social side of stuff. Basically, all this comes down to Twitter was a massive course correction for him away from things that he's proven himself – relatively good at yeah. into something that he doesn't. Yeah. And maybe X is him dragging it back into something that has more objective metrics where yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, well, if I can make a payments platform that works and is profitable, you know, I've proved myself as a, a business genius again. Yeah. And they're trying to, you know, he's kind of de-emphasizing the speech side of it. Like he's not even really talking about it now. Mm. Like he's more just like, let's get this platform off the ground or whatever. You know, this is, I'm being incredibly charitable right now. No, 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 I know. I get it. It's like he's, social media didn't work. It needs to be something. People doing things, building something that has some kind of metric attached to it. Here is a new thing. Yeah, and um, maybe maybe it helps us get to Mars, and it has the payment. This will be the payment platform, and we all have a Mars colony or whatever. Yeah, bullish or bearish, based on like the way that he's availed himself recently. I'm like fairly bearish on it. You're but not going like, to put like you know ten grand or whatever into a wallet on X.com. Uh, maybe not. And like, actually, come to think like. I don't even know if I want to point it and say it's because I find Elon Musk personally, you know, he doesn't strike me as somebody to get this off the ground. Like, no, there's just no point right now. I think it's, it's really butting up against the fact that he's trying to create a product category to solve a problem which doesn't exist, mm. at least in the kind of the markets that he's talking about. I think there's so much ingrained stuff. I don't, I'm not saying that an everything app can't work. Yeah, especially, like, I know Waves Hand AI, but, like, yeah, we're going to get some vaguely new paradigms around even just, like, automatically ordering, replenishing my my fridge and my yeah, you know, yeah. certain things. You can see a world, as I said, it's very waves handy, but, like, you can see a world where a lot of, like, the annoyances of and the little, like, subscriptions and whatever are, to a certain extent, taken care of you, if you so wish. Yeah, you yeah. You know, with, like, certain scales and this, that, and the other. But, like... Yeah, and I'm sure, like, to a degree, like, OpenAI and ChatGPT want to be a kind of an everything app mm. in a sense where it's, like, we're going to give you one interface... 
or like a customizable interface or whatever, and then AI and AI agents under the hood are doing all the stuff for you. Mm. And maybe that's also what Elon's aiming for with like the quote-unquote AI Mm. that comes into it. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like doing that by tearing down one of like the most recognizable brands in the world, I think it's fair to say it was, replacing it with like weird cringe early 2000s energy that he likes, Mm. continuing to like cater to like some of the biggest freaks online in Mm. in the case of what his like weird blue check fan base is. And then, like, just doing it all on a dime. I don't know. I, I, I'm not incredibly bullish about it. No. There is a vacuum, though. Right now, you know, there was a coup in Niger, and the former president was saying on Twitter, no, it's still good. We're still in control. We're going to fight against it, blah, blah, blah. And, like, was using Twitter as the platform. Like, there is weirdly this vacuum for, like, international communication and platform for press releases or whatever that Twitter slash X fills and it's going to be interesting to see if that just continues to be the case because like people need to publish something somewhere that the media will pick up on and blah 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 or you know what happens there does it move to threads at the moment it doesn't feel like threads is really the place for that are you surrendering Um, no i'm not surrendering i actually have so i have a the bull case for threads is the federated the fediverse kind of vibe where like yeah, if they actually do integrate ActivityPub into threads and you can read people's friggin' what are the Mastodon things called? Like toots? <laughs> I know. If you can, you're creating a real grim... Um, it's like you're, 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 you're saying like, all right, threads, not so great at the moment. Users just fall off. But what if you could see... Toots. What if you could see millions of posts from polyamorous IT guys? Yeah. No, no, look... If, like, you're into that more federated structure where the people on Mastodon who are posting on Mastodon right now, I can see in threads and other people can make friggin' their own interfaces for people's threads and Mastodons or whatever and all of the plethora. And Blue Sky is a different system, so, like, that won't work. But, like, all of these different platforms and you just then choose, like, an app to see all of the posts yep. or whatever from those various ones, I can actually see a future building where based on this open standard. And, like, if you're one of those people who's into, like, federated, I don't know, you probably should be hoping that Thread succeeds and they actually go ahead with the ActivityPub integration. I actually do think there is a bull case around that. And and the benefit for Threads is just, like, they have the most popular app to read ActivityPub posts. Okay. What would you say if Threads became an everything app? (laughs) You could pay your health insurance on Threads? Look, I don't... don't, Let me be clear. Like, I am not... Like a meta bull. Like I'm not like a, a big... I think... No, no, right now I've said they've racked up some Ws. But like... And I do... You know, I, I did pick threads. You did, yeah. And like, I don't I don't own any meta stock. So therefore like... You're, I, in, you're in it for the love. Yeah, yeah it's of, actually... Of Mr. Zuckerberg. But no, no, I, I do see a future there, especially as like if X.com continues to go downhill, then yes, I, threads... um. We'll win, especially if it's part of the, the federated verse and we tie identity to it. Uh, and then you're able to make micropayments to all of your favorite products and services. And they use AI to guess what you'd like and um, start you know, becoming a subscription service. Actually, I might buy some meta shares. All right. Well, we'll, we'll reevaluate this at the end of the year <laughs> during our accountability episode. I'm so hot. It's very warm, it's isn't ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. Unround now has a Substack where we are running our premium podcast, a second episode every week, plus 
plenty more goodies to come in the future. Mm -hmm. So head to downround.net to sign up.